welcome to Liberty Southwest podcast number 60. To, well, I guess it really doesn't matter if it's today or in the morning or whatever. Uh, but on this one, we have Matt Winterer and myself, Eric Taylor. It's been... Hey, hey. Hey, hey. It's been almost two years, I think, Matt, since the last time uh, we've done a podcast, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to get... Get back into the swing of things here yeah. tonight. We've kind of uh, messed around with some technical things, and I think we're ready to go. So hopefully we'll have uh, additional podcasts over the next few months uh, that we'll get together on. Uh, tonight's just going to be you and I, but I, I think we probably will hear from Kirk possibly tonight. Um, and Lydia and Danny within the next whenever, because we don't really know when this will happen anymore, do we? No, and I, I think we're probably, we're all kind of due to get to talking about this stuff again. It seems to come in its, uh, waves just like politics does around kind of the election seasons that are coming up. And that makes sense that two years ago we were kind of talking about it the same time yeah yeah it certainly does because that was kind of the last it was a midterm election and we're uh in the somewhat of the funny season at least on the uh progressive or democratic side where there's dozens of people running and on the um republican side looks like it's trump versus maybe bill weld in a few states, which will pretty much just be Trump. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be, I suppose we'll probably just be hearing more about the left, right? Over the next year and a half or so. And yeah, I definitely hear... anticipate that. I think we'll be hearing from, you know, some of the more popular uh, mouthpieces of the left right now, uh, AOC being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Bernie is going to do this run, which it certainly seems like he is, we'll probably be hearing a lot from him as well. And I expect them to be pushing pretty heavily on uh, publicizing health care and eliminating student debt again like they did last time. Yeah, I have a, uh, a friend of mine. He's progressive. And he... Uh, I kind of I feel like uh, he's kind of caught a little bit of fever that I caught in 2008 with Ron Paul uh, with Andrew Yang in the Yang Gang. Um, he's a regional coordinator for Andrew Yang, who's I think he's polling at about three percent right now on that side. Uh, but it I mean looks like. It's pretty much Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. They're going to be the two that are going to be uh, probably, I would guess, nominated. And that's just like a cakewalk for Trump. And I, I don't even understand. I don't see how they can compete. But Yeah, after the revelation that they did not find any collusion, evidence of collusion, it makes... You know, it's it's just like the birthers from mm-hmm. Obama, where 
they're just they end up sounding like they're delusional continuing to push for these things and yeah i think we're in a an interesting place as far as that goes yeah and you're i think you mentioned something about uh a reddit thread or kind of oh yeah so today i'm surfing through reddit and there's a photo somebody it's i believe it was in florida and it's a sign that they put up in their yard and it read total number of lies for trump and said something like 4897 it said day 801 yeah and underneath it said i'm a republican but i'm not deaf which i thought was just great Uh, it's kind of the Kind of the candidacy or the actual presidency of Trump has been around that. He's he says a lot of falsehoods, yeah. but on the big things that he's run on, he's certainly delivered on everything he said he was going to do. There's more than most politicians can say. Yeah, I've kind of tried to square those aspects of his personality. So he has like really the bravado street thug I'm gonna beat the crap out of you before you can beat the crap out of me type of mentality sure. uh, you know versus uh, the fact that he's you know for the most part like like you mentioned he's kind of walked the talk as far as his campaign promises are con- are, are concerned he's said this is what I'm gonna do and I'm, I'm and he's doing it. So, uh, you know, as far as politician is con- politicians are concerned, that's it's a pretty high mark to hit. And it's you know he's he's done it. But his, I mean, you just listen and read the stuff that he says that comes out of his mouth, and sometimes you just cringe, right? But yeah, there's definitely a lot of cringy moments. I yeah, I I. There's too much to say about what he he says and he, <laughs> he lets fly. Um, it's some of it's kind of refreshing to see. I I think um, I think it's uh, a little bit reminiscent of when we had Jesse as a governor, Jesse oh, Ventura. Yeah. Um, we had him and he just let things fly and he was uh, he was a man of his word. He did a lot of things, um, accomplished quite a bit. Uh, you know, some of them I disagree with, but it's not really current politics. <laughs> so um, one of the things that we definitely said we want to talk about tonight, um, unless you've got some more you want to say about Trump, nope. I'll segue. Yeah, we can go in whatever direction makes sense. Cool. I think uh, very recent news is uh, it's actually kind of what, Spurned my interest, and I think uh, a lot of our interests in coming back to doing the podcast is, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of us in the in the past, back in 2008, you know, through 2012, we heard a lot about um, uh, Bradley Manning mm-hmm. and uh, Julian Assange, mm-hmm. now Chelsea Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we it, we came to find out that the U.S. was participating in war crimes, and we, you know, there was things exposed that were, um, 
that that were harmful to the U.S. government, but we're oftentimes thankful that they were brought up. Right. And uh, we we just found out that uh, just being a relative time, we just found out that uh, Brett uh, Assange was being kicked out of the Ecuadorian embassy um, and being drawn up on charges for extradition. For uh, a very interesting, especially to myself and I'm sure to you as well, Eric, charge in that he uh, had attempted to reverse engineer a password Uh and failed at the effort. But it was still what he's being charged with. So, and I personally, I'm not aware of that because what I... What I had seen or whatever dread and and uh, was that he uh, kind of embarrassed the the uh, current Ecuadorian president. He posted a picture of him um, in a hotel room with a lavish setup with a lobster and just kind of he was sprawled out in his bed and. Shortly after that picture was posted, a crackdown took place. Right, I, right, right. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't, you know, I, <clears throat> I've read a, you know, a little bit about it, uh, and it, it seems, uh, the the former president of Ecuador uh, facilitated. He was more of a conservative uh, individual, and he facilitated his uh, stay in the Ecuador embassy in London and subsequently was moved out of office and he's in a contentious, it seems like political battle between the current president and uh, uh, it's, you know, it's almost like 4D chess where it's hard to decipher what exactly is going on. Uh, But to me, and, you know, kind of, come into a you know an end view of that whole situation it seemed to me like he just got outed for uh pettiness for exposing a lavish lifestyle by the current president right and, and that absolutely you're right which you know if that's what he did then what what the hell did you expect to have happen <laughs> no shit <laughs> if you, and that that's kind of that's kind of what i was thinking i'd be like if I were to do that, I'll expect probably something bad to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're just such, we're so close. My bro and I, that I can post this without any trouble. (laughs) My bro and I, who really doesn't care for me and has referred to me as the uh, thorn in the side of Ecuador. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was, you know, as I, you know, I was watching that whole thing. I'm like, dude, what the, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's why you got kicked out. What I was talking about is what he's being charged with oh, uh, yeah, right, for right. extradition purposes. Okay. And I, oh. and I'm, I'm, I'm not, okay. So you want to reiterate that I'm not too clear on. So he's the extradition is the actual formal charge is failing to reverse engineer a password? Yes. So they're kind mm-hmm. of saying that he was hacking mm-hmm. into a private database 
to gain information that right. otherwise the security clearance of the people he was working with would not have given them access to. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the thing. From the way I have been reading this, Sanj like, may have just tried to use birth dates and names from Facebook. I don't even know what he was doing. But from the way it's written, there's no mention of a password cracking tool or somebody like hashing against some rainbow tables or something that there's nothing there's nothing technical in here this is definitely just a you know they claim that he tried to help somebody unscramble part of a password that it wasn't even enough to get into the system that you know they were trying to get into now, the, the thing is, is they didn't just stop at that point and charge, you know, with the description of the charges, they started talking about things that are pretty common for uh, journalists mm-hmm. right now, which is, you know, using things like uh, a secure chat service, All right. you know, WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're talking about using cloud services to transfer files. I mean, who doesn't do that? Right. Box.com um, or whatever. Yeah. Mega yep. upload would be the way to do mega it. Mega upload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's good memories. Yep. Um, removing usernames and deleting logs and doing that kind of stuff to kind of cover the identity of your source as a journalist. And uh, <clears throat> since they're bringing that up, it's actually having a pretty, pretty big effect on journalists right now. Um, they're, they're actually getting, as far as what they're talking about, they're saying that they're under attack, uh, as a result of this, not, um, not Assange. It's just like a veiled, uh, it's a veiled attempt at making, you know, private conversations that are encrypted illegal mm-hmm. for purposes of, uh, journalism, which, well, that's, that's that's pretty insane. <clears throat> yeah, it's that's kind of after that story broke. I I went to WikiLeaks and you know, kind of looked at what was posted, and there was some you know valuable information. Um, uh, not as much over the last year or two as as we've seen in the past. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know because this kind of and it brings up a thought to me. Uh, we, before before the podcast, we we're talking about No Agenda a little bit. What what is what did they have to say about that? I haven't listened to No Agenda too much in the in the in the past year or so. Uh, did they have any? Uh, specific thoughts on um uh no because i think i think they haven't had a show yet since that went down um they do sunday and then so it was tuesday yesterday they'll do another one on thursday so a couple days from now okay tomorrow they'll do one and i'm sure we'll hear a lot about this in their their podcast that's upcoming yeah Um, because there there's been some you know some things that 
have happened that you know some people say well maybe that's an aberration um uh within the last month and a half or so uh i don't know if you matt do you ever read zero hedge at all i do occasionally when an article comes up that uh fits a search key that i'm looking at right i don't like regularly read it yeah so there was um you know i think there was an incident about a month and a half ago where they anybody who posted a link to a zero hedge article on facebook had the link immediately removed over a weekend it was like over four days or so and zero zero hedge raised a, a stink about that and uh facebook basically said i think it was the tuesday after the weekend that there'd been uh an error with their filtering software and that it was corrected now and stories would you know show up and work but uh, the the reason why I alluded to uh, no agenda is the fact that Adam and and John have been very concerned uh, about the fact that we're eventually going to hit a point where there's going to be uh, a certain amount of censorship for investigative journalism. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of thought about that a little bit, and it seems like, at least, I mean, maybe in other countries. I mean, there are other, and there are other countries that are, as far as what you can read online, or you know, there's a certain amount of censorship in play. But I, there's, there's a part of me that's just pretty skeptical that, um, that'll be kind of muted to the point that if you that you won't be able to find it if you want to find it and i think around a lot of people around the assange story are like this is the end of or the beginning of the end of uh true journalism do you see that matt as being the case or like as far as I've read it out, and I, I like Julian Assange. I like the, I mean, he's a he's a truth teller. It's kind of he's a vagabond truth teller, but he's a, somewhat of an outlier. And I think some of the decisions that he that he made in this situation uh, are maybe not grounded in uh, rational thought. But I mean, that can happen to a guy if you're holed up in an embassy for. X amount of years, right? Yeah. And if you saw him as he was being taken out of the embassy, he looked like Santa Claus. Yeah. He didn't look good. Uh, he looked really awful. Um, as far as your question about kind of the chilling effect on investigative journalism, um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation um, is currently in Sanja's defense right now, suggesting that the statute that they're charging him with 
should only apply to serious attempts to circumvent technological barriers. You know, mm-hmm. so there's. I think this is a. I think this is a court case. I think this is a long term. There's going to be a lot of fighting that goes on here. I do not expect that the that Congress will be able to come together on a omnibus bill that includes, you know, stuff that you have to pass in order to know what's in the bill, right? It's not going to be one of those things, um, especially because the majority of Americans get their information from, you know, the free press. So the free press is going to fight its own fight. It's going to be very difficult for, for, uh, three-letter agency is to convince me and I think most of the American public that the methodology that journalists use to gather their information and tell their stories should be sacred and not touched. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so you see this as just kind of a uh, kind of firing or first salvo salvo in a a long-term or at least a decent term uh, legal battle over you know, what can be communicated, right? And then to expand on that, with the fact that he's being extradited, what what does that say for, say, you and I talking right now about freedom and liberty and what, what if we're violating a law that's in China – and China wants to extradite us to uh, face justice. You know, what's the whole thing? It just is not, it's not a great bode for uh, future relationships with other nations. And we're, we're in a strange spot right now. What do you think the likely, uh, what's the, likely result of the conversation. The what I hope happens and what I think will happen is that the press will end up prevailing just in no small part because they have that tremendous advantage that they're the ones who deliver the dialogue. I mean it's Rupert Murdoch. You can uh deliver the dialogue the way uh you're not even this is this is the way i think about it <laughs> i don't even think fox news is going to come out and say that there should be more censorship right like mm-hmm. i don't even think they're going to do that mm-hmm. um so that that's how i feel about it what, what about you what do you think i don't know there is like There's, I think there's an, a, somewhat of a concern amongst free thinkers that we could be kind of heading down an Orwellian path um, where uh, the, the ability to freely communicate is going to be clamped down on more and more. Um, but for me, the, the draw, um, 
of online communication has long been that you can't there's no way that you can you can clear away that conversation there are <clears throat> there are technologies and methods that uh, will always be available to people if you want to disseminate information you know maybe you know the level of proficiency might have to rise in the future and i really don't think that'll be the case um but i i mean i if you look now versus 10 or 15 years ago there's a lot of i mean there hasn't really been that much that you can't find i mean you have these outliers where you have a twitter account or two muted or you know suspended or something that happens on facebook or whatever um but i you know i personally the availability of information and knowledge that we have now is more than i i think i could have imagined it's more than it's been available ever um, and I, I think it's kind of a situation where uh, once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put it back in. And I, I just don't. But I, I'm kind of uh, I'm bullish on freedom and openness online in general. I just don't think there's any way uh, that uh, any uh, government agency can can keep information away from people. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you have even even like if you look at the Great Firewall of China or whatever, people, if they want to get access to information, they'll get it. Uh, so uh, they're, you know, in the city, you know, as far as Assange is concerned, I think his basic MO is to expose the corruption of all governments. And that's it. That's what he wants to do. And if you're in a if you're in a position like that and you're pulling classified information out of the most powerful government in the world, you've got to know that your days are numbered. Right. It's only reasonable. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of. You know, it's a, it's a situation where you choose your battles. And, you know, in the situation of Assange, he, he's chosen his battles and he's done what he's done. Uh, but, I, uh, you know, in the uh, forum of, uh, the, you know, kind of the free exchange of ideas, I think he's, he's an antagonist. He's an outlier. Uh, you know, just like Snowden. And they do good things. But I don't think they're going to swing it so much in a direction where you're not going to get access to information. But I could be wrong. I mean, maybe that's I've been wrong about a lot of things. I could certainly be wrong about that. And I think uh, I think that's a good good opinion. I think it's a good summarization of what. It, What's going on? And I, I don't think any of us know exactly what's going to happen there. So I like your hypothesis. I think it's totally valid. Yeah, but it's kind of a bummer. It was cool to have like a, a dude in a room in London speaking truth to power. Right. And there's yes. still there's still another dude in a room in Moscow 
who I consider even be smarter, and he's not going to make a dumb mistake like that. Right. Maybe that might be harsh, but that's just... I don't know. So I think if I were to... I don't even know. Do you know if Snowden... I don't think he contributes to WikiLeaks at all, does he? I don't... I don't believe so. I don't think he does. I mean, I know he's uh, he's certainly a sympathizer, uh, but I think that's about the extent. So, so do you think pretty... uh, Assange? Well, I mean, he's an Australian citizen, right? And he's has this fabricated story of some women saying that he did some things in Sweden, like what six or seven years ago. Um, do you think that he'll end up in the United States and, and served with some type of formal charge? Now he's in UK, right? So we're talking about like, uh, extradition law Mm -hmm. in the UK, right? And it doesn't really matter that it's, he's from Australia. I don't think that offers him any kind of protection. I don't think so either think uh and i think that i think that the uk will extradite him to united states i think there's too much that has taken place at this point um i i think that uh long established three-letter agencies are talking amongst each other and they want to bring justice in the way they see fit there. And th- that group especially is extremely concerned about the documentation that was released because it a showed them as being inferior to a couple of security engineers. And also they claim that the released information jeopardized people who were working in the field stopped investigative work that was being done on their behalf. And in their opinion, that's a treasonous act. And regardless of whether or not he's going to be put on trial for that, which I think they won't do that because it will encourage the press even more to cover the situation. So they would rather put him away on a charge like this, I tried to figure out somebody's password one time. Right. Penalty. Yeah. yeah. And I do, you know, I think there's even been some articles written that talk about Assange and his relationship to, uh, to uh, Australia, and um, as far as far as I understand, I believe that Assange, since being released from Ecuadorian uh, embassy, he has been put in a high security prison. Huh. I think it's. Technically, he's in isolation. Uh-huh. So, 
him being in isolation essentially means that that's a that's an extreme punishment. It's really hard on humans to be isolated from other people. Yep. It causes mental snaps. Yeah. So yeah. He's he's in a not good place right now. It's true. And he's kind of been in that situation for a while, right? So Right. And he I don't know if he had friends inside the embassy. I don't I don't know if he had friends to visit him or how that worked, but he clearly had no access to a razor for the last <laughs> year and a half of his occupying. Or I mean, could be just doing a David Letterman type of bit too. Never know. It didn't look. It certainly didn't look like a David Letterman bit as he was being carried out. Yeah. Although I think if I was in the same position, that all the color would have run from my face, and I would have looked the same way just right. without the beard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this will be very interesting because genuinely, um, they they're trying to say Julian Assange isn't a journalist, and if he's not a journalist, then who else can they push that on? And what what type of uh, releases will be criminalized? Right, and that's that's a big deal. It's really a big deal to all of us. I think it is too. And I, um, as we're, I think we're. Tr- Getting getting our legs under underneath us again, as it were. Um, what do you think of? I, I found a clip um, on a it's a Vice News clip on what happens next for Julian Assange, uh, which will be on. I think it may have already aired on HBO. Um, what what do you think about uh, playing that clip, talking for a few for a few minutes and. And uh, wrapping up it should bring us underneath an hour, I think. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That works so, great. Uh, let's see. I'll roll this. It's four minutes. Julian Assange was arrested by British police today inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London, where he's been holed up for nearly seven years. Free, free, free Assange! Free, free, free Assange! He was convicted a few hours later for breaking bail rules in 2012. He'll be sentenced for that next month. But Assange's real problem is the US. The Justice Department revealed Thursday that Assange was indicted last March on conspiracy to commit computer crimes related to Chelsea Manning's leak of classified documents in 2010. And the US has already asked Britain to extradite him. Exactly what Assange was afraid of. Since 2010, we've warned that Julian Assange would face prosecution and extradition to the United States for his publishing activities for WikiLeaks. Unfortunately, today, we've been proven right. We spoke to Assange's lawyer last summer in anticipation of his potential eviction. The reason he got protection is about the risk to a US extradition. Now, that risk has only heightened over time. We've seen since Trump came to power. Julian has always said he's very happy to come out and face British justice, but not at the risk of facing American injustice. Although the US obviously wanted to get Assange, Ecuador seems to have kicked him out because it got fed up with his behavior. In 2017, the country elected a new president, Lenin Moreno, who imposed new rules on Assange, including restricting his use of the internet. 
Assange seems to have ignored the restrictions. In January, WikiLeaks published confidential Vatican documents. And in March, an anonymous website posted hacked material from the accounts of Moreno and his wife. Moreno thought Assange was behind it. In a video statement released this morning, Moreno explained the eviction. Hoy, anuncio que la conducta irrespetuosa y agresiva del señor Julian Assange, las declaraciones descorteses y amenazantes de su organización aliada en contra del Ecuador y sobre todo la transgresión de los convenios internacionales han llevado la situación a un punto en que el asilo del señor Assange es insostenible. If he'd been charged with espionage, British law could have barred extradition since it carries the death penalty. And if he'd been charged with publishing Manning's documents, his lawyers could have used the First Amendment as a defense. And there are serious questions to be asked of the UK government about whether the UK government wants to be complicit in extraditing a publisher to face prosecution for publishing, which is protected activity. The problem for Assange is that he's being charged instead with conspiracy to hack. Oh, like you're saying. This indictment has nothing to do with the First Amendment. It has nothing to do with reporting. The indictment is about the act of, you know, conspiring with another person, in this case, Chelsea Manning, to hack into the classified computer networks. It might seem surprising that the Trump administration would even want to prosecute, since the release of hacked DNC and Hillary Clinton emails helped get Trump elected in 2016. And he talked about WikiLeaks all the time during the campaign. I'll tell you, this WikiLeaks stuff is unbelievable. It's been amazing what's coming out on WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks. But the US intelligence community and the military have long seen WikiLeaks and Assange as serious threats to national security. It's time to call out WikiLeaks for what it really is, a non-state hostile intelligence service often abetted by state actors like Russia. And the narrowness of the indictment against Assange, which carried the maximum penalty of just five years in prison, suggests that it was carefully crafted to make it easy to extradite him and to try him without the case becoming a big fight over press freedom and the First Amendment. Yeah, so that kind of matched up relatively well with what we were talking about. So that's a, it's a Vice News um, clip right there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that uh that last line there <laughs> like are you are you completely and utterly insane? How can you draw that conclusion when an actual spy agency has like hundreds of thousands of people who work and train every day to gather information via spying networks that have been developed over you know the last 50 years for most of these agencies that's ridiculous it's a, it's a publishing outfit that gets a hold of cables that were not secured well right and for, for them to try to do that a loud. that's a little loud isn't it <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> can't turn it down so continue sorry um Oh man, it really uh, d threw me off there. Um, gotta get a little more of that jazz in there. It's, it's, it's coming back. That's oh, there we go. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's not so loud. They're just a skosh higher. Skosh higher. There we go. 
Let's see. Here? There we go. Right. Yeah, we can hear it now. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually really happy we decided to do this tonight. I think uh, we cleared out some of the cobwebs, and I think it was actually a pretty smooth flowing show compared to even some of our earlier ones. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you were talking a little bit about about kind of just like anything else. If you if you put more time into your craft, you get better, and allowing to. Know, allowing others to kind of work through thoughts and that type of thing allows for a little bit better, you know, better vibe. So I think it, I think it's been good. But if we add a couple more people, we can really all be confused in about two seconds. But absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, it's kind of the thing where you it's it's the same as a conference call, right? Where you have just so many people that want to talk at the same time that sometimes you get some interesting moments but indeed um so what do you think i think i think that's a pretty decent first uh stab back at things um and the, the assange situation is certainly something that's going to be of interest uh over the next month or so um yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on the extradition and what happens there. Yeah. Yeah, it could actually be much longer than the next month or so, right? Right. Yeah, could be. That's probably a year, years type of thing, but. Well, that is fantastic because then we can talk about it some more on another day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, with that, uh, this has been Eric Taylor, Matt Winterer. We're back, and hopefully we'll be back again pretty soon with more people and more things to talk about. So for now, thank you, and have a good day. Thank you. Have a good Adios, day. Mofo.